do you feel like you'll ever be satisfied in your quest? You know, do you feel like as an artist, there is the opportunity to feel satisfied? Or do you feel like it's part of being an artist to sort of always have that drive to continue to create? As an artist, I'll always have that drive to continue to create. I Mm -hmm. think where it gets complicated is Mm -hmm. marrying the art and the business. Because I've been painting and drawing and creating with my hands, whether it was sewing dresses or you know, like anything with my hands. I've been doing that since I was four years old and I always felt fulfilled within it 100%. Even before Milk and Honey, I was like, I always felt full. And then I think it's when you the business comes in and then trying to balance the two, I think that can become a very tricky and complicated area because capitalism is not designed for us to feel whole. It's not designed for us to feel complete or satisfied because then it wouldn't work. You know, if we're not filled with self-doubt, if we're not insecure, then how would we keep feeding the system of capitalism, which continues to extract from us? And so I don't think that if I'm chasing money or if I'm chasing followers or I'm chasing numbers or any of those things, I'll never feel, I'm never going to feel it. Because if, I'm never going to feel full because if I was, I would have felt it a long time ago. And the truth is in the moments that I think the world probably, or my readers saw me and thought, Oh, she has everything in the, on the inside. I felt probably the most broken. I haven't been on this path. I haven't had integrity with myself. Mm. I haven't been on that path of integrity with myself. And I haven't been on that for quite a few years. And I think for me right now, I don't think I would ever want the drive to create to ever go away. It's what feeds me. It's what makes me come to life. But in order to do that, I have to step away from the noise. And so the noise is chasing the numbers. The noise is trying to write another New York Times bestseller. That is noise. And I think that especially as women in our 20s, it feels like this is our time to shine. We have this decade to do all of it, be the most smart and beautiful and accomplished. Da, 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 da. And then after that, it's like, okay, bye. Nobody wants to see you again. And I've spent the last decade feeling like, okay, I have to create, create, create. But I think the pressure really made me feel like I'll never write another word again. And so writing that second book was horrible. Like I just was like a physical sick mess. And mm-hmm. and even before I finished my third book, I was like, I'll never, no, no, no. Like everything I've written, everything I'm going to write from now on will never be as good as what I've already created. Mm-hmm. It just will not be. And I think it's taken me a long time to get here. And I don't even know if I fully believe it yet, but at least it feels good to say it. And it's that no, actually, I need the noise to go away because I am the magic. And actually, the noise is, what, is what's distracting me from the magic. And my best work and art is yet to come. But for that to happen, I have to align. I have to be able to hear myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you're probably also very tired. You're in book launch mode. You're doing all of the things. It's like, I often, and I'm curious how you feel about this. Sometimes when I'm feeling so much, I'm kind of going to the places of existential, like 
my life and this journey. And that's my dream is to internalize and intellectualize everything into that. And then also I'm like, oh, there's like tender spots of me that need sleep. And there's a tender spot that needs to rest and needs to be alone and needs to be just with my own thoughts and be in my dream state. So how do you balance, you know, your own self-care? And this is, I don't want it to be like a surface level question, but how do you balance the care of yourself when you are feeling so much? I honestly, before COVID, I wasn't balancing it at all. And then I think it was, I think it was around, and I mean, I grew up with immigrant parents. Like there's no concept of self-care within my working class family. Yes. That's yes. hilarious. Like they would mm-hmm. be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Like, mm-hmm. and so I kind of just replicated what they do, which is work all the time, seven days a week. And, uh, I think throughout COVID because the world paused, it allowed me some stillness for a couple of months. That was so necessary and so life-saving. But I'm going to be honest, I knew that getting going on this tour was going to be tough mentally and physically. I knew it, <laughs> but it was a hell of a lot worse once I actually started the damn thing. And I've only done two months and I think I have like four to eight months left and I'm scared. I'm so scared because I didn't do any self. It just was mm-hmm. like there was no time because like I I have to for self-care to happen I need hours but when there were none it just was like okay forget it like the only self-care I did on the road was like eat as well as I could and exercise when I could and felt the energy felt like I had the energy to do it and um I think that's kind of also made a part of why there's so many emotions running through me I'm, mm-hmm. I go on tour next week and I know I'm going to make it to the end of December, uh, but I am scared of like the condition I will be in when I get there because it's going to be intense and a lot and I'm going to do it because this is what I set out to do um, and I'm not going to like go back on that, but you know, it has made me wonder if I ever want to do a world tour again and I probably, to be honest, don't. The best part is when I'm up there for 90 minutes. It's beautiful. It's transcendent. And I love it. But I just don't know if I can pay the price in my physical and mental health anymore. Yeah, I think people, it's hard to understand the energetics of being on tour. We were on tour for a few years and and you've been on tour on a grander scale. You're meeting so many people. You're connecting with so many people. You're channeling this energy that is you. You're getting ready. You, it's just, it is so exhausting and beautiful at the same time. And it can be scary to feel like you have to live up to this expectation every single time. You want people to love you and to see you as the person that they connected with in the work. You want to just give them an amazing show and performance. It's a lot, but something in addition to tour, something you talked about before with, you know, your 30th birthday arriving and wanting to just do it differently for the next years. Do you feel like there's almost a grief coming up where you're sort of seeing your future and it's not involving a lot of the way you've been interacting. So it might not involve a world tour. It might not involve some of the things you've been doing. And is it a feeling of grief that you're kind of going through? Definitely. That is, the exact word I've used. I think I'm, I don't know yet if I am grieving that future, but I know I'm definitely grieving the past 
but when I think about the future and when I think about stepping back, that makes me smile. So I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. grieving the future. I think in fact, it feels like an exhale. Mm-hmm. It's scary. It's scary. Cause it's like, what's going to happen? Are people going to forget about you? You know, like the ego comes yes. in and it's like, but that doesn't, I don't think it serves a bigger mission, but definitely there is grief. And I think this happens every couple of years. I remember when I first felt like pushed into the public, I was for a long time, I grieved my private self, like Mm -hmm. the woman that did so much to like produce this work that connected with millions of people around the world. I grieved her for a long time. And now I think I'm really grieving this woman who has led me to this moment and being turning 30 is very like, I feel very, I feel good about it. I mean, I've never really had a connection to any number. Like I feel like how I felt Mm -hmm. when I was 23 or 21, it's no big deal, but it's been interesting to like tell people that I'm turning 30 and then watch their reactions. And it's their reactions that make me nervous about it. (laughs) What do they say? What is it like? They'll be like, Oh, you're going to be fine. Or like oh their my God. voices will get like really high pitched, and oh I'm like, God. oh my God, like everyone. Dude, babe, life gets better. I'm so, it's so fucking wild because in your 20s, you're like, these are the golden years. These are the best years of your life. You look the best. Everything's amazing. Yo, it is so fucking crazy. When you get over 30, you just like care. It's, everyone says it, but you care so much less. You chase so much less. You like, I, you just don't find yourself thinking and caring about the same stuff that you cared about. And there's such a like fucking power that you have when you're like, you know what? I've done a lot. I feel really good. I don't want to be that. I don't want to look like that. I don't want to have that. And it's just like this beautiful settling that I'm like, whoa, does life keep getting better and better? Thank you so much for tuning in to Morning Microdose by Almost 30. We hope you enjoyed waking up. As always, we encourage you to take what resonates and leave the rest. If you enjoyed this trip, tune into the full episode on the Almost 30 podcast. All episode information can be found in the show notes. Make sure to subscribe. And if this becomes a part of your morning routine, be sure to share it with a friend. We have new inspiring doses Monday through Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Morning Microdose and follow Almost 30 at Almost 30 podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the vortex.